you have your Bibles for a few moments, I came early this morning thinking that I was going to preach a different message altogether. And that's really all that I worked on, trying to finish up what I had written. And then the Lord began to speak to me, and I tried to learn how to be sensitive to that. And I I feel like the Lord has something to say to all of us, but some of you in particular. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I gave them verse number 8, but I'm going to begin reading in verse number 6. Colossians chapter 2. He said, and as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, beware, everybody say beware. Beware lest any man or anything spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him. Amen. You don't need anything else. Which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We are buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins. And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened. He made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities, And powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Going back to verse number eight. Beware, lest any man spoil you. 
My subject this morning is what is spoiling your life. Amen. What is spoiling your life? My Bible has a little notation. The word spoil that is used here in Colossians. One translation means to rob. What's robbing you today of peace or joy or happiness or contentment? Bible speaks of contentment being a subject that there's great gain with that. A lot of things you can't even comprehend or understand when there's a contentment, when you are satisfied that God is working in my life. I may not understand everything. I may not know why. I may not be able to give answers, but I know God's working in my life. And I am content to leave my life in His hands and let Him work it out. There are other benefits and blessings that come with that. And yet, if we are not careful, we can allow things to spoil that. To rob that from us. I want to talk to you for a little while about that. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I think most of you would agree with me that life is full of many distractions. It is full of many interruptions. And it is full of diversions. Detours. Uh, we're going down the highway in a particular direction only to find the signs up that said, turn here, road closed. And the next thing you know, you're in some back road and you're trying to figure out where do I go next. And you're hoping that somebody put the next sign up there where you need to get back on the main road. That's life. It's full of that kind of uncertainty. I wish that it was more uh, in, 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 in the way that we would like it, where it's written out in clear letters and we can get up in the morning and know exactly how the day is going to go and know exactly what we're going to encounter and what we're going to face. But the reality is life is not like that. It is filled with Many uncertainties, and there are so many detours. And there are always reasons for detours. Always reasons for detours. If God takes you down a road that you had not planned on going, there's a good possibility, there's a reason. And the reason is that if you had continued on that road, you could have wrecked your vehicle, or you could have run off in a hole that was... Uh, The road's being prepared. And so even though we don't like it and we get nervous and we're very uncomfortable when we see that detour sign, it is wise of us instead of pounding our hand on the steering wheel and honking the horn, just go ahead and follow the sign because eventually it'll get you back on the main road. How often in life do we get on side roads And then we get distracted and we think, oh, I know a better way. Oh, I know where I'm at right now. And so we 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 take that little side road and the next thing we know, we're in a dead end. How did I get here? 
what happened. And then we have to backtrack and we lose time. And so it's always wise to follow the signs and pay attention to what God's doing. And if something happens and something stops or quits flowing in your life, you need to pay attention to that. God's getting you ready for another step. Uh, Elijah had been by a brook that had flowed with water and uh, he'd been fed every morning by a raven. He didn't have to worry about food. It was famine everywhere else. But he had a meal prepared for him every day he woke up until one day he woke up and the brook was dry. Now, a lot of people would get stuck right there. And they would say, well, you know what? If I, if God's not going to take care of me, I, I don't know whether I can trust him or not. It wasn't a matter of trust. God was trying to move Elijah to another stage. He needed to take him to another place. And the only way he could do it was make the brook where he was dry up so he would get his mind and heart in a place where God could show him the next step in his life. Now, some of us have been sitting by dry brook for a long time and we keep pleading the name and we keep calling on that name when the reality is we need to start saying, God, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to speak into my life? Life is full of that. It has some things about it that are very uncomfortable having to make those adjustments. Some of us don't make adjustments as easy as others. Some of you get all crossed up if you don't get coffee first thing in the morning. Yeah. Or if you go to work and something's not right in, in the, the, the office, uh, there, your whole, the rest of your day is all messed up and your attitude starts being displayed many times on Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, people around you see what it is, just life has thrown a curve. It's given you something you did not prepare yourself for, but you need to live through it because it's not there to stop you. It's there to help make you a better person. If we could believe that about God, it would help all of us, and I'm sure it would relieve God's frustration of having to deal with us because he's never done anything but good to me. Now, sometimes I've misinterpreted what he's trying to do in my life to think that God is against me. But the reality is he is not against me. He is for me. And he may have put a stop one place, but he opened a door somewhere else. He may have said, no, you're not going there, but I do want you to go here. And if I listen to him and I follow him, he will always take me to a better place. So, life, it's hard sometimes to keep the main thing the main thing. It is. It's hard to remember all this when you're in the middle of that and your humanity shows it. You know, I I was reading Corinthians this week and I realized it's not a deep revelation, but it really struck something in me that every problem that Paul dealt with in the New Testament church and every problem that Peter and James, John dealt with in the New Testament church had its origin in our carnality. When my flesh becomes more pre- predominant than my spirit man, 
When I allow my flesh to make me a slave rather than we, me making my flesh a slave, then anger shows up and then hatred shows up and then bitterness shows up and then we say all of these things that we later wish we hadn't said. And every problem that I, I, I may be wrong. If you find something, you come and help me. I'm, I'm willing to admit I'm wrong. But every problem that in the New Testament church had its root in human carnality. When we're not praying like we need to pray. When we're not walking as close to God as we need to walk to Him. When we're not obeying the truth as we should know and we know the truth. When we're not submitted. When we're not humbled. Things happen and our flesh gets in the way. And then God has to do some correction on us. And we don't always like the correcting. Amen. I, maybe before I get through, somebody will will shout a little bit. But right now, we're going to plow. Amen. What I'm trying to help you understand is that perhaps the reason for the unrest in your life right now and the uncomfortable feeling, I just don't feel at peace like I did a while back. I don't, I'm not sure I'm in the will of God or I'm, I'm not sure I'm where I need to be. I'm not sure if this is the right place for me. The reality is something has transpired in your life that is spoiling what God is trying to do for you. And if we're not careful, we can let little things and things that are of no consequence be a detriment to us and they, they become a hindrance to us. We blame our situation on a lot of things and sometimes it's easiest to blame it on a person. You know, you gotta have somebody to lash out at. You gotta have somebody to fling your venom at or be angry at or say something that you don't need to say. And we wanna think that it's there, they're the problem in my, that's the reality is they're not the problem. The problem is something has slipped in. Something has gotten in your way and it is impairing you from doing what God designed you to do and what he created you to become. One translation in the New Testament of the word spoil indicated a race and it it involved something getting in the runner's way so that it knocks them out of their stride or it knocks them out of their lane that they're running in and thus they're disqualified and 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 they stumble and in stumbling someone else another racer gets beyond them and and and, and reaches the goal and wins the prize but something happens something uh impairs the, the, the movement, something restricts me enjoying. The harm comes from uh, something or someone uh, getting in the pathway and interfering with what I'm trying to accomplish. To spoil something is to take 
from something, to take something from someone. When you spoil, you, you, you remove from their possession things that belong to them. It literally means to seduce. And thus, by seducing, it makes me a slave. It traps me. It influences me. When I read this morning this scripture, my, the, my mind was, was, was racing with thoughts and it said, one of the questions that was in my mind is, what is influencing my emotions right now? What is influencing my decisions right now? The Old Testament word means to wind tightly with ropes, or we would say tie up. That's what happens when something is spoiled. We, we're, we're tied up. We, we don't have the liberty. We don't have the peace. We don't have the joy. We're not happy. We're not, we're not content. And all of this is speaking of a life that is less than what God intended for it to be. And that's why Paul used the word beware. Listen, stop. Listen, pay attention, wake up right now and hear what I'm saying. There are elements that are at work right now in your life and in my life that their only goal is to try to strip away from me the joy, the peace, the happiness that God has given me. The sense that I am forgiven, that I am loved, that I am appreciated, that I am wanted. There are elements at work right now in every life in this building that's trying to tell you that you're unworthy. You don't deserve this. You failed too, dis- too, you, too, too badly. You've made too many mistakes and God can't help you. And it spoils it. It restricts, it binds us. When we ought to be rejoicing, we just stand. We don't know why. We don't know. It was here last week. It was here a month ago. I, I don't know what's wrong. And, and so we, we, instead of looking inwardly and, and asking God, what is it, God? Show me what is spoiling my joy. Show me what has taken away my happiness. What is it? Was it a person? Or was it a thing? Was it really a true problem? Or was it an imagined problem? You know, I've pastored long enough to find out that the majority of problems in the church were really imagined problems. As hard as that may be for you to believe. People interpret something and they assume, oh, they don't like me. They're mad at me. They, 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 they have said, and the truth is what they were saying had nothing to do with you. You just stepped into the conversation at the wrong time and you allowed your flesh to get involved and you allowed your mind to go down the wrong path. Next thing you know, you're thinking, you know what? They don't love me anymore. No, 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 no. They don't need me anymore. Amen. What's spoiling your life right now? You're, you ought to be enjoying the best of God's blessings right now. You ought to be. You ought to be enjoying God's favor right now because God's favor is on this place. 
you ought to be basking in God's glory right now. But there's some of you that are dealing with depression right now. There's some of you that have battled that this week. You've had to battle those thoughts coming into your mind that you don't belong and you're not worthy and you don't amount to anything. And the reality is you do amount to something. You are worth something. You do mean something to God. He does love you. He is here to help you. Oh, come on, clap your hand to the Lord and give Him praise. Something gets in the mix of life that causes us trouble. The joy is gone. The peace. It was here last week. Why do I feel so restless this week? Why do I feel so depressed? Why, why do I feel so fearful? I had so much faith last week. I mean, when I was at the altar and everybody was praying with me. I want to tell you something. Nothing's changed as far as God's concerned. The only thing's changed is what you've allowed to come into your mind. You need to push that out of your mind and say, you know what? I'm going back to what I experienced. That's what I'm going to live on. That's what I'm going to hold on to. That's what I'm going to keep believing God for. God would never tell me something he could not do. God would never give me a promise that he could not fulfill in my life. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. Mark said this, no man, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods unless he will first bind the strong man. Now, My question is, how does a weaker bind a stronger? We've always misinterpreted. We think that that's the devil. And, 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 and we think that he has this power over us. No, he doesn't. The only power he has over me is the power that I give him. The only authority he has over my life is the authority that I acquiesce to him when I allow him to lie to me and then I begin to believe that lie. That's the only power he has. So the only way he can spoil my house is if I let him. Amen. The only way he can spoil me is if I quit resisting, if I give in, if I buy into that lie. Well, you know what? I had this dream. Oh, come on. I've had them too. And I'll tell you, some of my dreams are so weird and bizarre. If I lived by my dreams, I'd be one messed up man. I'm not saying God doesn't speak through dreams. I'm just saying there's some people have more dreams and visions than Abraham had. You don't live your life by dreams and visions. You live your life by what saith the word of the Lord. This is what you live your Those things are just there to inspire and encourage you to believe what's here. But if I believed every dream I had... I would have quit preaching a long time ago. 
Because I'd had one reoccurring dream that I had to preach in this important place and I never could find my coat. I never could find my tie. I never could find my Bible. I never could find this or that. And and my dreams always ended with me knowing that it was time to go to the pulpit and not having any means to get there. But I've lived long enough to know that there's some people that would read into that. Well, Brother Hughes, you must, there must be something wrong. No, I just ate too much pizza last night. I didn't take my Rolaids before I went to bed. The only reason God gives me a dream or a vision is to confirm what he's already said in the book. And if what he said in the book is contrary to what my dreams are telling me, I need to forget about my dreams and stand on the word of God and say, you know what? Thus saith the word. This is what's going to get me through. This is what's going to put Satan in his place. The word of God. This is what is going to help me overcome those things that are against me. Amen. What's causing all the unrest? Paul said that people are spoiled through philosophy. That's highfalutin talk. That's that's more words and wind than wisdom. You know, I've been around some windbags in my life, just like you have. They've always got something to say. They've always got an answer for what's wrong with you or what. Life. I mean, they're full of wisdom. I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm fresh out of wisdom this morning. I, I, I don't know how to go in and I don't know how to come out. I don't even know why God has chosen me. But I'm thankful that he has. And I'm thankful that as long as I will follow him, he'll lead me into green pastures. He'll lead me beside still waters. He'll keep his hand upon me. Even when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Wise things are not always truthful things. I've lived long enough to know that there's people that know a lot more words than I do. And they use these these 50 cent words is what my dad called them. That have about 10 syllables. And you're sitting there, you're trying to decipher what... Yeah, yeah. And it sounds reasonable. It sounds, you know, it, man, I don't know. And so we allow our supposed lack of ignorance to make us greater fools than we, we are sometimes. Not that you're a fool, but I've been a fool a few times in my life. Because I've bought into some of this this, this stuff that just, it, it's more myth than, than anything, but you get, you can be spoiled by, by the things that you allow to come into your mind. Anything that questions this word right now is a spoiler. Anything that makes you look at this and say, well now, did he really mean that? That's a spoiler. 
Anything that makes you look at this and say, well, you know, there's other books, there's other philosophies. There's too many people in the world that are wiser than I for me just to say this is the only way. That's what the devil would like for you to buy into, that there's got to be more than one way. And the truth is, he said, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. No man comes unto the Father but by me. I didn't say it. He's the one that said it. And if there's anything in life that tries to convince me otherwise, I need to put it to the side. We've lived long enough to where some of the things in life that we always thought were just so so certain have begun to be questioned. Hey, folks, don't don't pay attention always to the news media. They don't know Sikkim from come here anyway. And whatever they're for today, next week they'll be against it. There's more hypocrisy in the news media right now than there is anywhere else. And the truth is, that's not where I get direction from my life. It's not whether the Wall Street gives me a thumbs up. It's not whether all all of the stocks are going in the right direction. What gives me comfort today is thus saith the word of the Lord. That if you will honor me with the first fruit of your increase, I will honor you. If you will put me in the right place, I'll put you in the right place. Hallelujah. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, mentions another spoiler. Take us the foxes, the little foxes. Everybody say the little foxes. They spoil the vines. They don't get the fruit. They spoil the vines that produce the fruit. One historian that I read said that the little foxes were not tall enough to reach the fruit, but they would not stop trying. And so they would leap up and they couldn't get it. But when they came down with their claws, they would scrape the vine and they kept doing that long enough until the sap began to ooze out and the nutrients that should have gone to the grape began to 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 be siphoned off in a different area and the next thing you know those limbs that are they're drooping and they're they're getting closer and closer to the ground so the spoiling was not in the taking of the fruit the spoiling was in getting to the root of why I am fruitful and that's what the devil's after this morning he's not after all the stuff we think he's after what he's trying to get to is the root he's trying to get to the source of why I'm blessed and why God has favored you. It's not what you think. It's not because you're smart. It's not because you're good looking. It's not because you have all the wisdom in the world. God has been good to you because he wants to be good to you. And he's done that to me as well. He's done that to me as well. And the devil wants to get at the root of my life. Because if he can get to the root, the fruit will disappear. The evidence that I am who I say I am will begin to vanish. The undermining of the root system. Amen. You need to protect your roots. 
You need to you, you need to protect the source from which your blessings come. It comes from a relationship with God. Don't let anything get in the way of your relationship with God. Don't let anybody get in the way of your. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what they're saying. Just take them for what they are. They're just a distraction. They're just a noise, and life is full of noise. But you don't have to listen to it. There are sounds everywhere around me, but I don't have to pay attention to every sound. What I need to pay attention to is the voice of the Lord. And he said, this is the way. Walk ye in it. (laughs) Amen. Spoiled. It's the old story of the sand in our shoes. I think, I know I have told you the story I read several years ago about a man who walked backwards across the United States. Remember that? And reporters, they, they were curious how, how all of that would go. And so they followed him from the West Coast or East Coast, whichever where he started. And he, he literally walked backwards across the United States. It took him a long time, months. And when he finally accomplished his goal, they, they interviewed him. And they said, tell us, what was the most challenging part of your trek? What was the most, and they're thinking, you know, you're walking backwards, mountains, that, that has to be the most difficult. Trying to navigate, not being able to always see clearly the direction you're going. And his response shocked them all. He said, the hardest part of the journey was the sand in my shoes. You ever had I know at the time you think it's the rock of Gibraltar, but just a little bitty speck of sand. Get in your shoe. You talk about irritate you. It makes you mad. It, it, it makes you mean. I'm talking, I came to the wrong church this morning. I must, I must be preaching. I'm preaching to myself. All right, let's just get that over with. It's not the big stuff in life that spoil me. It's all those little things that bite at you here and nip at you there. Amen. The sand in my shoes. The moat in my eye. It's that little, little bitty tiny splinter. In my eye, and I'm trying to get the beam out of my friend's eye. Yeah. Psalms chapter 23, he talks about the shepherd anointing my head with oil. He was referencing what the shepherds did with the sheep. There were certain pests that were prevalent in the Middle East and the desert area. And I know this is gross, but this is the, the, this literally, these flies and pests would swarm the head of the sheep and make their way into their nasal passages and they would literally lay their eggs in their nasal passages and those eggs would somehow move up into the brain cavity somehow. 
and the process would literally drive the sheep crazy. They said it was not uncommon for sheep to be seen out in the, in the wild, butting their heads against stones, banging their head against the rocks, trying to stop the noise going on, trying to get some calm. And they would hurt themselves more than the pest could hurt them. The only cure, the only remedy, was that the shepherd would take his bottle of oil and he would bring those sheep by. He would pour that oil on their head. And that anointing oil was the only protection that would keep those pests away. And I'm going to tell you something. The only thing that's going to bring the peace of mind back to you and give you that peace in your spirit that you need is that same anointing. And you need to get yourself in a place where God can do that. All of these distractions, all of this noise around you, all of this clamor, do I do that or do I do this? Do I go here? Do I go there? You need to find yourself a place where you can get close enough to the shepherd that he can take that anointing oil and he can turn it up on your head because that's the only thing I know of that will silence the noise going on in my life and bring me into a place where I can hear the shepherd's voice. Where I can hear him calling my name, saying, come on, let's go to greener pastures. Amen. Let's stand together. Oh God, we need that anointing this morning. We need that anointing. I needed it. I prayed for it over the last few weeks. God, I need you to anoint my head. There's just too many things, too many noises, too much clamor, too many distractions, too many diversions. There's too much that's sapping my energy. And I, 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 I want to do more for you, but I find myself at the end of the day depleted because I've spent so much time doing other stuff that I've not been able to do your stuff. I need you to anoint me. I need to be able to hear clearly. I need to know this is the way. Walk in it. There's too much, too much. The noise. Sometimes I feel like just butting my head against the wall. You ever feel that way? Why? Because there's just too much stuff. It's just, I can't, I can't filter it all. I can't put it all in its right place. And there's this pulling and that pulling and this noise and that and this desire and this need and this and that. And and I find myself, I'm trying to put out all these little fires in, in my life and I, I, I'm exhausted. I'm wore out. And then I want to blame it on God. I want to blame it on the church or I want to blame it on my wife or my husband or my family or somebody, my boss. I got to blame it on somebody. It's some, the truth is, I'm just going through a natural process in life. Pests are part of life. You can't live life without some annoyances. There's going to be these flies that buzz your head. Make you cross your eyes. (laughs) The only remedy is to get close enough to the shepherd where he can take that oil. 
He can pour it on that head. Peace. I feel the joy returning. I feel the contentment. Hallelujah. What's, what's spoiling your peace this morning? What's spoiling your happiness? What's spoiling your purpose that God has for your life? So you're going in every direction, but you're not accomplishing anything. At the end of the day, when you look at what you've done, you think, what what, what happened? I'm giving myself to this and this noise and this demand and this and that. And and oh, 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 I've got all this stuff going on. The one thing that I need to hear, I can't hear. I need to hear his voice saying, come on, let's go to another pasture. Come on, let's go to the, the greener fields. Let's, let's, let's go to another place. I've become confused about who I am. Do I belong to him? Am I his or am I somebody else's? He said, my sheep, no. My voice. It's one thing you better never let go of in your life is the ability to hear the voice of God. Because if you ever start playing with that, you put yourself in a very dangerous place. I know I may not be preaching to everybody, and I probably am not, but I am preaching to somebody right now. That life has driven you to distraction. You're frustrated. You're angry. You're, you're wrestling with bitterness because of what's happened in your life. You're questioning things that you never questioned concerning God. You don't know whether you're on the right road or not. All these detours. Just keep following them. He'll get you to the right place. He's never lost anybody that I know of yet. He said no one can pluck you out of my hand. No thing, nothing, nothing can pluck them out of my hand. This, I don't care what it is you're going through right now. I think it would do us all good if we could find that place. Just say, Lord, I need you to anoint my head. I need you to, I need that anointing to flow over me. I need it to cover my thoughts. I need it to go down my garments and cover my heart. I need it to go all the way down to the fringe of my garments and cover my feet. I need it to cover my hands. I need it. I need it. I need it. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, right now, I believe you're near all of us. I believe you've come this morning to help somebody. You've come to anoint someone's head with oil. You've come to give them a clearness of mind and understanding and peace. Oh, God, there are some people here today that have been questioning their calling. They have been questioning whether or not they even had the Holy Ghost. 
They've been questioning whether or not it was real. Or was that just me? Was that just my emotions? Lord, we need you to renew us in the Holy Ghost today. We need you to renew us in our minds. We need you to cover us with your presence. Lord, all of the distractions, all of the noise around us. I just need you to put your hand on me right now. Oh God, I want to make the right choices. I want to go in the right direction. I want to do the right thing. I want to live the right way. Hallelujah. There's anybody here this morning that feels the need of a fresh anointing on your life. I wonder if you just slip out and meet me here at this altar. Come on, I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to be lengthy, but you just, you feel a need. I need a fresh, I need that covering of my mind. I want to make the right choice. I want to move in the right direction. I want to know I'm in the will of God. I want to know that I'm doing His will. I want to know that I'm living the way I need to be living. I've let some annoyances in life get to me. I've let some noises get to me. I've let some sounds get to me. I've I've let some things irritate me. I've become grumpy and hard to live with and and unhappy and distracted and discontented, Lord. I've let things slip in the way. Not your will, but my will. I've let something... Get in the path of your purpose for my life. And now here I am today. I'm back at your altar, God. I'm asking you, <coughs> lay your hand on me. <coughs> Let your anointing flow over me today. Hallelujah. I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, anoint me. 